Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 43 of the Zoomer Sports Radio. And boy, do we have a jam-packed episode today. Pat, how are you doing today? Great to see you back. I've known I've done, I've done a couple college football shows solo, but glad to see you back in the co-host chair. It's great to be back. We got a huge week. We got World Series, obviously, NFL kicking in the full swing, NBA season starting up. But it's not just a big week for all sports. What else is it a big week? Oh, thank you for mentioning, Pat. It's a big week for the Zoomer sport. It's a big week for the Zoomer sports world as yes. I am un- unbuttoning my Atlanta Braves jersey. I'm revealing to you possibly one of the greatest pieces of clothing you have ever seen. It is the one and only Zoomer Sports merch. There you go. Pat, so uh, Pat and I, way back when, when we were on, I think in mid-quarantine, printed out shirts for us, and Pat's wearing one of them right now. Yep, I yes. had to bring it on. Yep, so we're, we're, ro- we're rocking the Zoomer Sports merch. Pat, you want to tell the listeners and everyone out there what time it drops tomorrow? Tomorrow at 9 a.m., the Zoomer Sports Radio official merch gets updated and gets dropped. So be there. You will want to buy our merch. Yeah, link will be in our bio on Instagram, Twitter. You can find it there. And it is it will drop on Thursday, October 28th at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern. Well, we're recording right now as we're watching game two of the 2021 World Series between the Atlanta Braves, as I'm rocking here with this Ronald Acuna Jr. jersey against the, the hated Houston Astros. And we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about game one and the whole series, but right now, as we're recording, whether you're listening today or two years from now, it's four to one Astros, bottom of the second. Astros are having a huge inning. Got got an error on a got on or they scored a couple runs on a throwing error. Big single by Martin Maldonado, and they've kind of unraveled Max Max Fried here, uh, or Max Fried here in the bottom of the second. But Pat, what have been your main takeaways here from the first two games, or the first game and a half of the World Series? Well, we've seen an Atlanta Braves team that has just been hitting on stride at the right time. I mean, this was a team they had not high hopes coming in the World Series, but you know, obviously with Acuna going down. In the first game, they came out and they just kept it going. Um, Charlie Morton, who was a huge pickup from the Rays last year, pitched great. And then on the asterisks, uh, you know, Framber Valdez didn't have his best game. But we saw, I think, a preview of what's going to be a back-and-forth series, obviously with game two going how it has tonight. And the Astros are now up 5-1 to one as we speak after a hit there by my, a single to right field by Michael Brantley. But overall, Pat, yes, I agree with you. It's going to be a back and forth series. My initial prediction is Astros and six. And a little bit about this Atlanta Braves team is they're the underdogs. They are the 1980s U.S. men's Olympic team going against the Soviets. They are Rocky going against Apollo Creed. They are Seabiscuit. Mm-hmm. They're the mighty ducks. They're the ultimate underdog here. Buster Douglas, Pat, Mike Tyson. That's a great. That's a great point. Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson. Pat, the Atlanta Braves at the trade deadline were below 500. Their best player on the entire team, the guy I'm wearing on the back of the jersey, arguably top five guy in the MLB, Ronald Acuna Jr., goes out with a torn ACL. 
everyone was writing them off the books, writing them off. Oh, the Phillies got this division. Oh, the Mets got this division. Pat, who won the division? The Braves. Bingo. Every, they, they didn't get above 500 until August. So as Jack Peterson yet said it yesterday, it's a team of a bunch of scrappy guys. They're no super team. Like you could argue this Astros team. They're a bunch of scrappy guys. They, they, they went and got a bunch of guys to replace Ronald Cunha Jr., Eddie Rosario, Jack Peterson, Jorge Soler, all near the deadline because Alex Anthropolis, their GM, when he was with Toronto, made the mistake of not attacking at the trade deadline. And that's how you see the Blue Jays never made it past the ALCS. He has learned from his mistakes, and he is ready to win this 2021 World Series. And they've also been able to have a very good pitching rotation and bullpen with obviously Max Fried, Ian Anderson, Drew Smiley acquiring Charlie Morton. And then in the bullpen, you got Will Smith, Luke Jackson. They've been able to maintain the guys at the places they need it most. And like you said, they're not trying to build a super team. <clears throat> Dodgers, they beat them in the NLCS. This team, for a lot of years, they were on the doorstep of not being able to break through and get to the World Series. They finally got it done this year. And if you look at this, I'm, I'm going to go on quote. I've claimed this before. I think I claimed in my World Series prediction video I posted yesterday on our YouTube. Go check that out if you haven't. I, I think this Dodgers, this 2021 Dodgers team is the greatest, most talented team in MLB history to not win a ring. If you look, look how many all-stars are on this team, Pat. Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen, Trevor Bowers, kind of iffy, but keep going. Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Justin Turner's been an all-star. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, AJ there you go. Pollock. AJ Pollock, he might have been, but Trey Turner, again, well, another just guy. the quality got... of players, all-star or not. It's the most yeah. stacked roster to look not Chris, look, even get to yeah. the World Series, let alone win a ring. Look at Chris Taylor, this guy who was a jerk. He was like a utility player for the Seattle Mariners, came over with the Dodgers a couple years back. He's kind of found his role. He's nothing more than a role player. He's the 2021. He's Kike Hernandez of the NL, even though Kike Hernandez was on the Dodgers. He had a great postseason. But Cody Bell or Chris Taylor, Pat, hits the walk-off in the NL wildcard game versus the Cardinals. Hits three bombs in game was the game game five to have the Dodgers stay alive. And Chris Taylor yeah. has those clutch players you need, like the Braves have with their Dansby Swansons, that Jorge Soler's, Eddie Rosario's that aren't these big name superstars like a Freddie Freeman or a Ron Lacuna Jr. Yeah, forget even getting to the World Series. They didn't even win their division. And yeah, they beat the Giants in the NLCS, but I mean, I don't know if I've seen a more underachieving team than this Dodgers team. I mean, all across the lineup, you got playmakers everywhere. Yeah, and it, Pat, I, I, mean, I mean, don't cut themselves short. They won 107, 108 games during the regular season. So don't, don't, mm-hmm. so cut them some slack there. Like they were a great ball club. And I'm going to keep saying it as Jose, your QWERTY, top of the third here, uh, throws a strike one to Freeman though. For those of you, uh, one and oh game two, or, we're not live. So it doesn't matter. But, uh, as Freeman grounds out to Altuve here, what was I say? Uh, this, this Dodgers team is the most talented team to never, to not win a ring. And no it just doubt. shows how tough it is to go back to back in baseball to win it the closest the, the closest team to do it so far since the 98 99 yankees to go to win three in a row 
I think was the Philadelphia Phillies in 08 and 09 going to the World Series after winning it in 08 and losing to A-Rod, Jeter, and the Yankees. But this just shows how in a football, Brady can go back. Like, if you look, like the last three, the last 20 years in the AFC have been dominated by four quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes. You don't see that in the MLB. You don't. And especially because there is no salary cap in baseball. So it's, it's really hard to repeat as a champ. That's what makes the MLB a lot, has a lot more parity than the NBA, the NFL, these other leagues that do have the salary cap. And let, to go back to the Braves, let's not discount the fact that, you know, Acuna went down. Let's not forget Freddie Freeman was an MVP last year. I mean, he stepped up big time for them. And that's why they're in the spot that they are. And then let's talk about Freddie Freeman just showing how, how hard or how mentally just mentally just excruciating the game of baseball is. In the NLCS, from starting in game two, he went 0 for 7 with, with four strikeouts. Or was it seven strikeouts? It was four strikeouts or two. Mm-hmm. I forget it. And then the next game, he goes yard first at bat, sets the tone for the Braves, and they would end up going on winning the series. But that just shows how mentally tough you got to be in baseball and how what I was going to say with this Braves team in the NBA, if you're under 500 more than halfway through the season, you're not winning the NBA. You're looking for the lottery. You're looking to yeah. position yourself for the lottery. Yeah. There's no golden state warriors in the MLB back when they had Curry. There's no LeBron James dominated team. You need a complete set. You need 26 men that all contribute to win a world series and the NBA. You could win with three or four guys. Yeah, similar to, um, you know, in the NFL, you can't win a Super Bowl with a bad offensive line. The MLB, you cannot win a World Series with a bad bullpen, and that's exactly what both of these teams have. They got depth at pitching, and they got all the intangibles. They don't need to build a super team like we said. We keep alluding to that, but these are complete teams, and the Braves are a complete team, and that's how they got to this um, the fall classic as you'd say. I couldn't agree with you more, Pat. Just they, they have the winning culture. They just have the winning attitude. It's, it's contagious. Mm-hmm. They just have built the Brian Snicker, who's been in the Braves organization for 45 years. Let, let me tell you, let me, 45 years, Pat, that's older than both of us, our ages combined. And that's how long Snit has been in the uh, Braves organization. But He's built this winning culture, this, hey, next man up, next man, next man up mentality. And it's proved to work here. And, Pat, uh, I don't know if you want to have anything to say here, but I have a great point, but I'll let you get something in here right real fast about the Astros. The Astros, um, not really much to say about them other All than, right. yeah, I don't really have much to say. Because I, I, I have a whole thing on the Astros right now, Pat, and I just didn't want to – Totally hog the mic here for a second, but here. No, you're good. All right, let me tell you this. This might turn into a rant. Who knows? But the Astros lineup, one through seven, perhaps maybe the most dominant lineup since Miller Huggins' murderous row of the New York Yankees back with Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth in the early 20s. Like, I get it, Pat. I hate the Astros. You hate the Astros. We all hate the Astros for what they did in 2017. Mm -hmm. They blatantly cheated to win a World Series. They tried to cover it up. They lied about it, made a mockery of baseball, complete mockery, and they're just complete scumbags for it. 
But you can't let the hindsight bias of that distract you from how talented this current 2021 team is, Pat. Yeah, no, no doubt. This is the most, forget the past, the cheating scandal that's behind us. Let's just look at this roster in general. You got Altuve, you got uh, Alex Bregman. Then you got Michael Brantley, um, Carlos Correa, Kyle Tucker. Whoa, that is a scary lineup. Yoli Gurriel, the AL batting title champ. Yeah, and then for pitching, you got Zach Green, Lance McCullers, Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia. Wow. Scary team. Scary yeah, so team. I don't, I I don't was, know what else to say. As I was saying, this lineup, one through seven, could be the most dominant since, as you mentioned, Altuve, multi-all-star. And he's won an MVP. Brantley, consistently good player. I think, he's, I think he was an all-star this year. Bregman, all-star MVP candidate. Jordan Alvarez, rookie of the year. Has definitely been an all-star. Correa, all-star. Kyle Tucker bursted on the scene. And now Yuli Gurriel, a batting title champ. I mean, and then it drops down a little with Jose Siri, Chaz McCormick, mm-hmm. and Martin Maldonado. But that one through seven is so dominant. It's it, you, you can't even compare it to anything. But but give, give Jeff Lowe now credit for building this team that has stayed so talented for so long. Pat, the Astros have been to five straight ALCSs three World Series in the last five years, and possibly two World Championships in the last five years, two titles as they won in 2017. Yeah. Go ahead, Pat. And on top of that, it's not like he was just picking up where they left off. They were at the cellar of the then National League about 10 years ago, and he's gotten them to where they are. I mean, say all you want about the cheating scandal. It's impressive what he's been able to build. Five ALCSs the last, what, five years? Yeah, yeah. I I could not agree with you more, Pat. How? The, the fact yeah, you, it doesn't get much more perfect than You that. bring up those teams 10 years ago led by Carlos Lee and Brian Bogusevic, Hunter, early Hunter Pence. I guarantee you half the listeners cannot name five players on those teams. Like Jason Borges, you're, you're not going to remember him. Wandy Rodriguez, no. And then let, let, let me tell you this, Pat. It's pretty damn impressive if you look compared to all the other teams that were on the upswing in that 2015 to 2017 span compared to the Astros. Now, let me tell you this. The Toronto Blue Jays, they have a completely different roster than they did back then. They've gone under a rebuild. They're now back to relevancy. But they have to go through a rebuild. So they haven't, last five years, haven't made the playoffs. Unlike the Astros and the ALCS for the last five years. The Kansas City Royals got to a World Series, won a World Series, haven't heard from them since. What's going on down there? Dayton Moore and uh, Missouri. Next up, Pat. Cleveland Indians. One, they're getting a new name. Two, Lindor's gone. Kluber's gone. Andrew Miller's gone. Kipnis is gone. The only guy left there is Jason or is Jose Ramirez. Their name is even gone. That just shows you they're gone. This just even proves that point more. And then, Pat, I hate to say it, but our beloved Chicago Cubs. We all know the train wreck we're talking about. The Cubs core of Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Bryant, uh, Contreras, it burned out after three years. Let's be honest. They got to the NLCS twice, won the World Series. They got it done. That's all I asked for. But then it's been a train wreck ever since 2018 with the Cubs. But kudos to kudos to Lou now for constructing this. This is goddamn impressive. I don't care if you want to bring up the cheating scandal. It does not. It is not relevant when you look at the talent of these players. Yes, did it help them win a ring in 2017 over the Dodgers? Yes. But that doesn't take a matter of the fact. If you look at this current team, how talented they are. Just 
The cheating scandal is so just immature to bring up. If you look at talent of this team, I'm sick of it. You can hate the Astros. I still hate the Astros, but you can't. It's not relevant in this World Series at all. Pat, I, did you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, completely. You mentioned over the 2015 to 2017 span, all those teams that I'm not going to say dynasties, but were on the high upswing. Uh, the only ones that have been able to sort of maintain that, as you mentioned, the Astros, I'm going to give them credit. I don't care about and then the, the Dodgers schedule at this the point. Team. And then the Dodgers, yeah. And then you're seeing teams like the Rays have been getting increasingly better. Maybe they, maybe they have a dynasty in them. Uh, the Red Sox have kind of gone back. The Yankees have not yet been to a World Look, Series. Pat, They're still the Red, unproven. Pat, the Red Sox were supposed to be rebuilding this year. They went out, won the wild card game, upset their that Rays who won that division there in the AL East, mm-hmm. and then did a competitive spirit, a competitive series against the Astros. But Pat, they were supposed to go eighty-one and eighty-one at best. But that's what we're talking about. I think this culture and like you went in the locker room before you go on the field really works and it's shown here in baseball yeah it doesn't, no doubt. Matter, and, it, it yeah. doesn't matter how much talent you have like look at the cubs they their culture was broken it had to end it, it it's just what is it is what it is yeah and they brought back for the red sox alex cora as the manager and ever since you know he first got there he got a ring and then they kind of took a uh dip off they brought him back it seems to really be working for them so the rebuild could have just been you know, in his absence. Oh yeah. Anyway, let, let's talk about this game one. Tw- we're gonna. I'm gonna give a brief uh, update or not update, just like a summary of game one of the 2021 World Series for the listeners out there. Uh, it started off with a bang. Former Cub Jorge Soler becomes the first player in World Series history to homer in his first in the first at bat to lead off the game with the home run, and it was a bullet out into the Crawford boxes in Houston. And that just set the tone right there beginning, and the Braves went on to win 6-2. You stole it out of my mouth. Great tone setter. You also had huge games from Ozzy Albies, um, Eddie uh, Rosario, um, you know, Adam Duvall. All these guys stepped up big on a stage they'd never been in before. And you saw the Braves come right out the gate, feed off of that energy. They wanted more. They were not satisfied with just getting the pennant. You could tell that they came to play. They are on a mission. Oh, could not agree with you more, Pat. And Dansby Swanson as well. Dansby Swanson, the kid from Vanderbilt, first overall pick. Now, he hasn't played like a first overall pick his entire career, but the man is a menace. And, Pat, I'm not – he is the best hair in baseball. Dans, I'm not afraid to say Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson. Is the most attractive guy in the MLB. <laughs> Dansby Swanson's got it going on. But no, Dansby Pat, Swanson's definitely got it going. Yeah, Dansby Swanson, like – he. But you you could you said it you couldn't have said it any more perfect about game one of this Atlanta team and Houston bouncing back right now going in the top going into the yeah bottom of the third or yeah bottom of the third going to bottom of the third I've just said bottom of the third six times maybe the last ten seconds but uh, they're up five to one and it looks like they're your Gordy's got in control he's not gonna have a game three fluke like he did against the Red Sox, where he gave up a grand slam to Schwarber and a whole bunch of a baloney that happened there at Fenway. But I think I think the Astros are going to win this one uh, pretty easily, Pat. Yeah, I think that we're primed, definitely, to see. Um, I anticipate a Game 7 to this series. I think that they can keep it up the way it's going. I think we're in for a long series into November, for sure. And um, yeah. on the Astros side of things, 
Altuve, Tucker have all been playing really well so far. So good things from the Astros, the Braves. This is going to be a great series. Could not agree with you more, Pat. And let's let's go down more your alley, maybe more of some of our listeners' alley. Yes. Let's talk some NBA. And Pat, oh, let's get into the Chicago Bulls team. The Bulls right. are back, baby. I'm seeing red. You're seeing red. The Bulls are back. I have not been this hyped to watch Chicago Bulls basketball since we had number one, Derek Rose, running up the course with Joakim Noah and Carlos. I have not been this hyped, mm-hmm. Pat. This has been possibly the biggest offseason in the modern era for the Chicago Bulls in the last 10, 15 years at least. Obviously, since Derrick Rose. I mean, you brought in DeMar DeRozan from San Antonio. You got Lonzo Ball from the Pelicans, huge playmaker. Alex Caruso, the second coming of the White Mamba, um, with a receding hairline worse than LeBron's, but he still balls like it. Um, and then you got um, – who else? Is that it? I don't think they acquired anyone else. Uh, oh, the guy who just in the draft. That's right. I was gonna say, like, come on, draft. man, that's my go. guy. That's yeah, my guy. they brought back. They brought back agency. another hometown kid. Anyway, they're four and zero oh for the first time since nineteen. Number one in the East, baby. Number one in the East. They got the championship that year. And this team, led by Billy Donovan, you know, he coached at Florida. He coached for Oklahoma City. Took them to the Western Conference Finals. Had some great playoff runs with them. But this Bulls team with Billy Donovan as the coach. They are doing just an unbelievable job right now. I mean, Lonzo Ball, people like to still rip on his shooting. They didn't even bring him in for that. They brought him in for his playmaking ability. And then you got guys, Zach Levine's always going to do his thing. He should be a perennial all-star in years to come if he keeps playing the way he does. Alex Caruso doesn't do anything great, but he's a guy you want to have on the team. He gives his all. He's always going to be out there hustling, making that extra play that just – will pay dividends down the road in the Eastern Conference. In this team, I don't know if it's too early to predict. They're asleep. I'd say they're a sleeping candidate to win the Eastern Conference. I'd probably still lean towards the Nets. But I got faith in the Chicago Bulls this year. No more excuses. It's going to happen. They're going to make the playoffs. We're in for a playoff run. It's not going to stop there. First playoff run, or first time going to the playoffs, since we had D. Wade on our team for that one season, and we – if Rondo doesn't get hurt, do we beat the Celtics that year? Who were the one seed? I don't know, Pat, but another free agent they got was Derek Jones Jr., another role player who's more known for his dunk contests. But and then Pat, I got a funny story for you about uh, Alex Caruso. Is uh the uh last or two weekends ago, I was uh, caddying over at the country club and uh a certain Bulls player uh walked in and uh, shook my hand. And his name no. I, I knew who it was the minute I saw his hairline. Take a guess. Uh, is his first name Alex and his last name is uh, Caruso? Ding, 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 ding. Could not have been more right. Man, man's, he's like 6'6", six, six, walks up, shakes my hand, and then I'm like, oh, man, it'll be so cool. It's Alex Caruso, the biggest meme in NBA history besides Brian Scalabrini and, like, J.R. Smith. I'm like, it's Alex Caruso, and unfortunately, could not get a picture, or else I would have gotten fired. Wait, so, which country club were you at? Uh, Glen Oak. Oh, at Glen Oak. What, what are yeah. you doing over there? He was playing golf. It was a, it was like, a Sunday afternoon. He'd go all the way to Glen Oak. There's no yeah, worries. Yeah, it was a Sunday afternoon. He was playing at Glen Oak. I wonder so where yeah. he lives. Uh, he well, must yeah. live like close to the area then. 
Yeah, so let's go back into uh, that was a little anecdote side story there, but let's go back into this Bulls team, Pat. Uh, yeah, which um, which player that was on the team before this season do you expect to be the biggest uh, to contribute to this uh, pl- potential playoff run? Kobe White, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vukovic. Wh- which one of these guys you takes thinks takes that next step? And uh, I'm gonna go. Back? Yeah, so we know what Levine's going to do on a day-to-day basis. Vucevic has been an all-star in the past, although when he got acquired from the Bulls last year, he didn't do what everyone expected him to. So I, I know I'm going to get a jump from him. I know he's going to play better. But my eye is going to be on Patrick Williams this year. He was a guy who was drafted fourth overall last year. In college, he was the sixth man at Florida State. He did not even start. Everyone questioned the Bulls when they selected him. People are like thinking maybe we go Obi Toppin, maybe we go um, Isaac Okoro, but no, they went with this power forward out of Florida State. I think his athleticism is was one of the best in the draft, and I really liked what I saw last season as sort of a preview, but I know he can take the next step. Um, I'm looking for a huge sophomore leap this year from him, and especially with um, – you know, Markin and gone for the time being. Thank I'm God. looking for him to take a huge leap. Markin, he peaked his rookie year. He hadn't gotten better since. He was taking some minutes away from what Williams could have done. I, Patrick Williams, he is going to have an absolutely amazing year. In this Bulls team, in this Bulls system, you're going to hear his name this year. He's going to take a huge leap. Pat, I think we absolutely just completely swindled the Timberwolves of that trade. When we gave them Jimmy Butler, we got Chris Dunn, Lauren mm-hmm. Markkinen, and Zach Levine, most importantly. I think the Zach Levine piece right there, even though Laurie didn't turn out to what we thought we was, what he was going to be, we got Zach Levine, the face of our franchise. And do, do, would you agree with me that we absolutely bamboozled the Minnesota Timberwolves? Absolutely. You know, Jimmy, he's had his coaching issues in the past. He's finally found the home in Miami. But the Timberwolves lost the trade because of that. And um, what was I going to say? I mean, you figured, I don't think... with, you figured with Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team, you would have gotten better than an eight seed. You know, when we traded and we got Zach Levine in the deal, some people thought we should have gotten more back. But I don't think a lot of people realized he could eventually become the all-star that he is. I mean, I think at this point he should have had three all-star nods. I think he got snubbed two of the last three years. But he's been playing like it the last three, and he's been, you know, he's emerged into the a, a legitimate – I would say on a championship team right now, he could be the second to third option. I think he's that good, and he's played that well. And I think that in many aspects, I think he's surpassed Jimmy Butler in terms of you know his impact on the floor. I I love your take there, Pat. And mm-hmm. as we as we look in this Bulls, uh, where do you think where is the Bulls this season? Where is their floor, and where is their ceiling? All right. I'm just looking through the Eastern Conference. I'm going over everyone's offseason. And from what I see, um, I'm just going to go down the list. I'm just going to go down to the standings. Then I'll give you my final um, projections. So, as of right now, second place, the Knicks. Okay, they acquired Kemba Walker. They were, they, were a great, they were a great story last year. I don't think they were a great team. You know, clearly they didn't have the backcourt that was needed to, you know, Get by the Hawks. Yeah, they had Julius Randle, who had an unbelievable year, but he. Yeah, where did they Julius were Randle him, come from? Because he was tra- like, 
looked at as like kind of like a, maybe a bust when he was out in LA. Oh, he was. He Where definitely he got shadowed. He definitely ghosted in um, LA, and then he was with the Pelicans, which people forgot him out at that point. Then he came to New York. They were putting the load on him like he was a number one option, but he wasn't. So the next I mean, one, Randall, out Randall put the empire in the empire state of mind. Like he really found himself there, as Jay Z and Alicia Keys would say. Yeah, you know, maybe it was just a huge. Maybe it was just the biggest setting he needed to really emerge. But um, anyway, the Knicks got Kemba Walker in the offseason. Um, I see them still saying, staying around the fourth spot at least because last year was a COVID year, shut down 10 less games. Maybe I wouldn't say it was a fluke, but I think that they played their best. I think they still would have been a playoff team, but I'd still have the Knicks finishing below the Bulls. Hornets, I don't buy into it. It's, it's LaMelo Ball. That's it. It's just it's a college all-star team. Look at the roster. Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier. Is Cody Zeller still on that team? Uh, yes, he is. And then, you know, Bucks, uh, obviously 2020 NBA champions last year, maintained pretty much everyone. I th- I think real talk, I can I think they're gonna be better than the Bulls. Just the experience they got, the roster they have, they got an MVP. Heat could be interesting because, um, you know what? I, I can't go every. I can't go through every single team. I'm just going to look down the list. Um, Sixers, no. I'm going to say that the Bulls are either the three or the four seed because I think the Bucks are definitely going to top them. The Nets will definitely top them. They'll be fighting with you know Sixers, Knicks, Heat for those next spots. But I think that the um, their floor is definitely like the seven seed because that's where I see teams like Atlanta, um, Boston finishing, Indiana. They There is no reason for them to not be a playoff team. They put too much into the season. They put all the chips in. They need to cash in this year and make it happen. All right, Pat, and uh... – Let's shift over into the wild world of the NFL. Will Deshaun Watson get traded? What is going on with Patrick Mahomes? And how long does Matt Nagy have left at the lakefront of Chicago? Pat, your thoughts on the current state of the NFL? Oh, and Cardinals are undefeated. Yes. So I'm going to start off with the Deshaun Watson rumors. Um, So there's been a lot of interest in – because remember, Deshaun has a no trade clause. So right now, I believe the only teams that he can get drafted to are the Dolphins and the yo, Panthers. Yo, 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 Pat, Pat. Yeah, I, I might be, I might be getting fake news here, but Texans are sending. Uh oh, shoot, no. Oh, Mark Ingram went back to the yeah, Saints. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark Ingram's going to the Saints. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I knew that like two hours ago. Yeah, yeah, it was my bad. I, I saw Texans trade. I was like, yo, yeah, that was my bad. I got I got fooled by Jack Bear of Yahoo Sports. So thank you very much, Jack. But anyway, go ahead and say what you were going to say. So Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause. The only teams that he's open to get traded to are the Dolphins and the Panthers. But the Panthers have sort of backed out. They're not really under his radar that much anymore. So the Dolphins seems like the best-suited place. Now, if I was the Dolphins, you're 1-6 right now. It, I, I don't know if – because the Texans need picks. That's number one. 
Um, they could throw someone like Xavier Howard into the trade. You know, obviously I understand they restructured his contract. That's why he wanted out in the first place, but you know, the Texans need players and they need picks. That's number one. And if you trade Dal- um, Deshaun midseason, you might not get much value for him now because, you know, what are you going to get back? What's, to, what's going to happen to Tua? That's really the thing. Because if you're looking Tua's, at his stats. Tua's going to Houston, I would assume. It would be a swap. I mean, Tua has not been – he hasn't had the it quality with the Dolphins. We all know that. But if you're looking no, at Tua's stats, his completion percentage is around 66%. His passer rating is like an 89 He's thrown his touchdown to interception ratio is about two to one. So it's one of those things where, yes, he does the, he does everything. He doesn't do much wrong. He just doesn't do anything great to take them over to hump and, you know, carry the franchise. And that's what they need in Miami. Miami has been too mediocre, too down for too long since Dan Marino. Have they had a quarterback on the roster for more than five years? Ryan Tannehill, maybe. But that's the closest I think, to I think Hill would be it. I don't think and, I, yeah. I went like would they have Chad Pennington at the end of his career, like Matt Moore? Like, no, I, I agree. Like they had Jake Cutler for a season. Like they they have not had the identity of a quarterback. They're like the Bears since Marino. And Miami is a team where like if they're doing good, the NFL's doing good. Because the NFL needs a team in that corner of the country. Bucks as of recently, may yes, but but the and Bucks that, weren't anything until Brady came. Yeah, so I'm saying as of recently. But Miami is one of those – I feel like they're one of those franchises that's a good job because they have such a good history with Marino. They need to be back to relevancy. And if you trade for the Sean Watson now, it'll definitely take some time to get him going. But if I was the Dolphins, I would wait to see what kind of value I could get for him and not be desperate to trade deadline. So I would do it next offseason, the trade. All right, all right, and then Pat. So, I'm um as uh watching Mahomes, I I think I've noticed um one more NFL teams are figuring him out. Two, Mahomes looks more like he did at Texas Tech than he has the last three seasons. Like his line is collapsing. His the O line is way worse like than it was before. They lost Mitchell Schwartz. They lost Eric Fisher this offseason, and the defense is terrible. And he's just. It's a perfect storm of the, of disastrous events in my or mm. over in Kansas City for Mahomes, and that's the reason that he is struggling. And then you got his brother dancing on Sean Taylor's memorial. We, we're not even gonna get into that. So just it's just it's just a whole bunch of it's a snowball effect of what's wrong with Mahomes is how, Mahomes. And I think maybe the main thing is he is moving from his current house. I'm not going to give out the address, but I, he lives on the same street as my cousins, but he's moving out of his house. So I think that's the main issue, Pat. He is moving out of Missouri and into the state of Kansas. That's the main issue. Want to fix Mahomes? Keep him in his house. Yeah. And back to the Chiefs offensive line. You know, they brought in Orlando Brown. They brought in Joe Tooney. They drafted Creed Humphrey. Yeah, you could say, oh, those are perennial pro bowlers that are going to be great for Mahomes. It doesn't matter what they lost. It takes time for an offensive line to gel. That doesn't just come. And you're seeing the issues with, you know, the, the tip interceptions, um, not having enough time in the pocket. Mahomes having, yes, maybe he's looked bad sometimes. but He's running for his life like Justin Fields. Yeah, exactly. He's looking he, – he isn't looking composed, to say the least. And they've lost to some bad teams. I mean, they've lost to 
you know, the, the Chargers. Chargers aren't bad. Wait, no, 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 no. They haven't lost a bad – I take that back. They have not lost to bad teams. They've lost badly to good teams. They haven't been in some games that they should be. They like lost the Titans the Bills, game last week. The Titans, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I meant to come out like. The Chiefs have not been playing up to the standard that we know them to play at. They're three and, and four right now, and I just don't know what they do, honestly. And we know, you know in, in that week two matchup, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire doesn't fumble that ball – Chiefs win that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be a different story because if they come out 2-0, and it's completely different. They lost to the Chargers by one score. So this season is very just like flipped based on the beginning of what happened at the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's the NFL. It's a game of downs, a game of snaps, a game of possession. You know, you could be 3-4, and four, you could be 5-2. and two. It's, it's that slim. But – um. Let's transition over to the Chicago Bears with where things stand right now. They're three and four. Fire. Dumpster fire. Yes. And I mean they're 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 a good enough team to beat the bad teams, but a bad enough team to lose to the good teams. So they're gonna finish eight and eight or eight and nine or whatever it is now at the 17 game season. That's what's gonna happen every time. Yeah, and they're never gonna be in a position unless they trade up to get a good draft pick because they have just enough talent but not enough to really take the next step and get to the playoffs. And Matt Nagy, he's got to go after this year. Yes, he got COVID. I, I'm sure all Bears fans are thankful for that. Let's see how it goes this week. But this week, they're not going to have Khalil Mack. And, you know, Justin Fields just had – he on paper, he had a bad game. He had three picks, two fumbles. But that's all because, I mean – the Bears' offensive line is Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, what the hell is going on? You got Jason Peters, who's completely the Bears washed. Is Dunkin' Donuts. James Daniels and Cody Whitehair, they have not been able to protect him the way that you protect your rookie quarterback. You always protect – you need to get the quarterback right, and then you got to get insurance for it, the offensive line. You know, Tevin Jenkins hasn't been able to um, play much yet. But um, so – but this offensive line in general is just not – they have not been able to – it's one of the worst in the league. And then, yeah, sure, you got some – the worst. Yeah, I'd say it's the worst. It's definitely down there. But, um, you know, the defense at times is, look, is underachieved. You know, obviously um, they had to get rid of Kyle Fuller in the offseason, which I thought was a huge loss because he's kind of that shutdown corner that they had. Um, Jalen Johnson isn't the number one corner. This team is just, uh, yeah, sure. They got promising young receivers, but Allen Robinson, I'm sure he's going to be gone oh, by he, the he trade deadline. If, stay here. if not by the end of the next season, which, you know, we put his franchise tag on him. Uh, so much. I mean, to, here, here's um, what I would exclaim that, or here's what I would put in the term in simple person terms, the bears, are currently in win-now mode right now, which is the age of their team and just how it's built. But they're physically not ready to win now. And that's why we're seeing this mediocrity, this beating of the bad teams and just getting absolutely just torched by the good teams. Mm-hmm. This, is exact, this is exactly it. They're in a football hell of no man's land. You either got to sell, and that's what the Bears got to do, because they're not going to go up anytime soon. 
get rid of pace, get rid of Maggie, bring in someone to develop fields, bring in someone with a track record of developing, developing quarterbacks. And that we could just hope for the best. That's, that's all we can hope for. You can just hope that in the off season, they do fire Nagy. You know, the biggest thing is, can you get someone to replace that's better than him? Um, hopefully by the end of this season, pretty sure you can opportunities open up. Hopefully Eric, guys like Eric B Brian Dable, uh, Josh McDaniels. Eric B will not be getting the bears job because the bears will not hire another Andy Reid assistant again, because Nagy was Brian Dable. Mm -hmm. Great name. You mentioned out in Buffalo developing Josh Allen. He's going to be a very hot candidate this year in the coaching pool, the coaching carousel. But Brian Dable, uh, I think. Oh, Go ahead, go ahead. But Brian Dable, I think, would want to stay with Buffalo until he at least gets to a Super Bowl or wins a Super Bowl because I think that's why he didn't take any job last year. He wanted to stay in Buffalo. Yeah, that, that could totally be it. And, Pat, I think we go into our final segment here. I'd say that's a good way to end it. Yeah. So, we yeah, got uh, – what, what is the segment today? It is – you we you've been you've been here you've listened you've watched before you've heard top five college basketball announcers you've heard top five NBA finals moments Pat what's this week today we have the top five World Series moments of all time the World Series the Fall Classic whatever Woo-hoo. you want to call it the best moments from this annual event we're gonna break it down to you our top five we'll put it on Instagram for a poll you vote for which list you prefer let's get right into it. At, uh, no pressure on you, but I am two and zero so far. Yes, that is. You trying I'd to say snap the pressure's on you to maintain? All right, all right. Here, all right. So I'm gonna ask Siri to flip the coin. Pat, do you want for first pick? Pat, do you want heads or tails? Heads. Siri, flip a coin. Oh wait. Siri, oh. Siri, flip a coin. It's heads this time. And Pat will get the hey. – do you want the first or the second pick? You get to choose. Uh, I'll take the first pick because I think we all know what it is. Yes, um, and it's the pick I wanted. Yeah. And once you get this pick, you're winning the poll no matter what. So, okay. uh, to be fair, to be fair, it was tails at first, but I did not have the ringer on, so it didn't show. But uh, So, I redid it. I got it, bailed out. That's what you're trying to say? You got bailed out, Pat. Okay. You got bailed out. First pick. Go ahead, Well, Pat. we all need a break sometimes. Okay. Uh, the best World Series moment, number one on my list, is our Chicago Cubs 2016, the final play. Bryant to Rizzo, Cubs win the World Series, as Joe Buck announced it. In that game, you know, he had some big games. We had Dexter Fowler, Javi Baez, David Ross in his final game as a Cub, final game as an MLB player, Homer, and in that game. It was a huge game. The entire city of Chicago was just elated, just overflowing with emotion. I remember we were watching that game together. We ran across the block, ran around the block. We were so excited with the shirts off. We could not believe it. It's just the 108-year drought to end the way it did. Words can't describe it. That is the best moment of the World Series. Well, uh, Freddie Freeman just singled here to make it a 5-2 ball game. So the Braves are slowly crawling back in the top of the fifth here. And Pat, you oh, you bastard just just taking that pick away from me. All right. So so now, now the table's really open. And my problem is with the poll, a lot of our followers aren't going to know a lot of like deep into baseball. So 
you get the Cubs, you win the poll. So congratulations, Pat. Uh, but anyway, I got to go with, I'm going to go with here, this first one. We're going to go to the 1988 World Series, Pat. And let me get you, let me get you a little background here. Dennis Eckersley is pitching for the Oakland A's. He's a Hall of Fame closer, does not blow saves. Let's just say that. And the Dodgers are down, and they're bringing in a hurt player to pinch hit. His name is Kirk Gibson. He comes up to the plate. You've probably you've probably all heard this, seen this clip. He walks he walks up the plate. Just he he's like aching in pain, limping. He it takes the swing, drives the ball into the right field stands at Dodger Stadium, the uh, the pavilion out there, and then just wobbles around the bases. Uh, Throwing his, thrusting his elbow like this, uh, like punching the air, like fist pumping the air, and like, and and hooray or in victory, and he won the game, and it's one of the most iconic home runs in MLB history. Kirk Gibson's pinch hit walk off homer. That's my first pick. Solid pick. Um, do we want to do snake order, or are we just gonna go back? Yeah, we're we're gonna do. Let's just do snake order. Yeah, so, yeah, it's better. You go. As number two here, Pat. I'm I'm sticking in the 80s for this you've definitely have known this one I'll, I'll just i'll just say the highlight everyone knows this highlight ground ball up the first behind the bag it gets through buckner here comes knight and the mets win it this is the most famous air in mlb history bill buckner's air 1986 game six red sox are one away one out away from snapping the curse of the bambino Mookie Wilson, a very speedster slap hitter. It's a routine ground ball to Bill Buckner. Goes right through his five hole, right through his legs. Mets win the game. Mets going to win game seven. And a notorious 86 Mets team of Gary Carter. A now like team, Gary Carter, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry. I believe Howard Johnson was on that team. Davey Johnson was the manager. Ron Darling, was, was Ron Darling pitching? I'll have the roster pull up right away. But those are some guys that were on the team. And, uh, they were so notorious when they would go to a way ballparks and they would get off the bus, they would scream, hide your wives, hide the women, hide your children, just because they were there to wreck and they did wreck. Those are my yeah. two picks, Pat. You have two picks. All right. So for my second pick, um, call whatever you want. Moments, iconic moments. This isn't really a moment, but talk about like performances in the world, in the world series. I'm going to go to 2014. San Francisco Giants beating Kansas City Royals in seven games. And Madison Bumgarner just put on an absolute show. His game seven performance? Yeah, his game seven performance. Not only the way he played in game seven, the way that he came back on just two days rest, pitching 21 innings and only letting up one run. It's just an unbelievable performance. He came back to win MVP, you know, in the modern day era. He's been regarded as, you know, the premier hitting pitcher in the league. Uh, obviously, you know, Jacob DeGrom, that's kind of what he's kind of took that over from him from now. But, I mean, the way he pitched in that series was unbelievable in route to his MVP honors. For my second pick, I'm going to go with Madison Bumgarner's performance against the Royals. And then for my third pick, I'm going to go with um, – yeah, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go back to 1991. Uh, this is the Minnesota Twins against the Atlanta Braves. It went on to win 
It's a zero-zero mm-hmm. game to the 11th inning, I believe. Great, great pitching matchup between Jack Morris and John Smoltz, two current MLB Hall of Famers. Yeah, that game went to extra innings. And Gene hits a RBI single over all of the Braves outfielders' heads. And it's a, it's a single. It wins the World Series. That was just in a game that had no offense at all. That was the one. That's all I needed. And then they're World Series champs. The Twins win it. All right. So Twins 91. There you go, Pat. All right. Got it locked in. All right. Now I have two picks. And for number three, I'm getting a recent one. So 2011. Cardinal. I hate to take this pick as a diehard Cubs fan, but I have to. 2011 Cardinals Rangers at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Cardinals are down to the last strike, and they have a guy who he's kind of been like a not like he's just been a utility player his whole career. David Freeze. His last strike down by I believe one or two runs in the bottom of the ninth hits a triple that was misplayed by Nelson Cruz. If he plays it right, he could catch that ball, but it goes off the wall. He gets a triple, ties the game, goes into extras, and what does he do in the bottom of the 11th, Pat? Mm -hmm. He hits maybe Joe Buck's most famous call. Freeze drives it into center field. We will see you tomorrow night. And St. Louis just went crazy up for grabs, and they would go on to win game seven. But just uh, he was down – St. Louis was down their final strike three times in that game. And Freeze, who ended up going on to win World Series MVP, took took was clutch. He was that's what he was. He was clutch. So David Freeze's walk off in Game Six is taking it. And I think my for my next pick, I got to go down to the year two thousand one, just off of nine eleven. Yankees are in the World Series against the Diamondbacks. Game seven, Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time, is on the mound. And Luis Gonzalez, great hitter, silver slugger winner, all-star, hits a bloop hit. It's one of the maybe the weakest contact balls of the bases loaded. Plops right over between Soriano and Jeter's head and falls right in there. Or maybe not, maybe Tony, no, it wasn't Tony Fernandez. Maybe, uh, I forget the name of the second base on that team. But over into... Shallow center field. Diamondbacks win win their first World Series in the three years of their existence. Remember, they were expansion team '98. So Luis Gonzalez walk off off uh, the greatest closer of all time is my fourth pick. But none of my picks matter because you got the Cubs winning the World Series. So, well, that was actually I'm two and one. Pick. I'm two and one. I'm two and one. Luis Gonzalez. All right, but yeah, it was. <clears throat> you won this draft, yeah. so. <laughs> All right, uh, my next pick, I'm going to go to um, 1997. This is the then Florida Marlins, Edgar Renteria. His walk-off single um, World Series win over the Cleveland Indians. This is a game that went to 11 innings. It's just one of the longest games in World Series history. And he comes in, he hits it. I believe that was the Marlins' first ever World Series championship. And... Yeah, my pick was kind of stolen, but you know, it was just it in was a long the game. Marlins first ever world championship. Yeah, so. in a and long game. You know, a fun fact. That, yeah, you know, the guy who scored the game winning run of that World Series is now the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, Craig Council. Really? 
Yeah. So, and so that's four. You have the yes. So those are your two. So I have my final pick here, and uh, I could do. You know what? The true baseball fan might vote for me, but it should be a. It's going to be a walkout. We don't even need to put a poll. It's going to be a hundred to zero. But I'm taking 1956, the only no hitter, the only perfect game in World Series history. Don Larson's perfect game versus the Dodgers. Enough said. Don Larson. This is arguably maybe the greatest game pitched of all time. But I already have three walk-offs on there. I have a, the most famous air. Let's go get the most famous game pitched in the history of baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, end of the fifth inning, Astros five, Braves two. Go ahead, Pat. You have your it's going final exactly. pick. Are we playing? All right. Uh, for my final pick, I'm going to go all the way down to 1960, the Pittsburgh Pirates against the New York Yankees. Oh, I and know what this Bill, is. Yeah, Bill Mazeroski's walk-off home run against Ralph Terry, one of the best pitchers of that era. Um, you know, the Yankees were favorites coming into this game, and he hits it off, a walk-off. And then, yeah, that basically says it all. A lot of these games, you know, can't really remember much from because we weren't alive back then, obviously. But, you know, Huge moment for the franchise. It was and, 43 years before either of us yeah. were born. 44 for you. Yeah, long time. But, um, yeah, that's my that's my pick to round things out. Kind yeah, so list. Yeah. Uh, here is the analysis of the list. Um, since we are a Chicago-based podcast, since there's recency buys, since everyone knows the Cubs winning the World Series, Pat will win this at a whopping 100-0. to zero. As his iPad falls, um, but anyway, that will wrap up episode 43. I think it's been a great episode, Pat. Uh, great to be back with you. And Pat, one final announcement I got just got to hit it home with the fans, hit it home with the listeners. Buy the merch, guys. It's going 9 a.m. tomorrow, Pat. Where can they find it? The link's on our the link is on our Instagram, it's on our um, is it on our it's on it's our on Twitter, Twitter. We'll, we'll yeah. put it on our TikTok. We'll put it on our TikTok. And we'll let too. everyone know on a Twi- TikTok, Instagram, you know the drill. Check things out. Be there to buy some new merch. You're going to want it. I will be getting my merch as soon as I can, and I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so hyped. Yeah, we'll have shirts, hoodies, hats, and coffee mugs. So a lot of stuff to go around here. And pay. Uh, you, you might want to be thinking it's almost November. It's almost Christmas time. If you got, if you got any relatives, I want any zoomer sports gear, buy it there we now. Go. Cause you know what? If you, if you buy it, if you buy any gear from the launch to the end of this weekend and use code, use code, let's use code zoomer for 10% off. There we That's go. Z O O M E R. Use that code for 10% off in your order. So you got the promo code, you know where to find it. You know, the drill. So Pat, what are all of our listeners going to go do after they listen to this episode? Go to the Instagram, go to the Twitter, visit our TikTok, and be proactive so that you can get the best merch that you can as soon as possible. Because how long is the shop going to be open? How long is it going to be open? How long are we selling the merch? Well, we're running it through this weekend. It depends on how it goes, Pat. We'll open it again next weekend. I think Sounds that's a good. great. Yeah, I think that's good. We'll, we'll run it this weekend, see how mm-hmm. it goes. This is like our uh, soft opening of the merch store. So, guys, please make it go well. And I want to thank all of you guys for listening to episode 43. 
go make sure you go follow us on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on TikTok, Twitter. You're subscribed on YouTube, of course, with the like, like, like this podcast, like this clip, everything. And then if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, five star review, please. It means a lot. Appreciate it. Written. Remember, if you give us a five star written review, we'll give you a shout out. You know, reminds me of that, Pat. We're gonna read uh, a five star review that we got in like August. Oh, I, I just think it's. I, I think Let's it's the funniest. It it's the funniest thing I've ever like. Heard, and it's the funniest thing I've ever um, read in my life. And uh, as I'm, I'm pulling it up now, our five star review. All right, <laughs> this is from on August third, twenty twenty one, from <laughs> Dolphin Quattro. Five stars. He he uh get it. He put exceptionally divine episode, and he I can show you it there, but I'll I'll link yeah. it or I'll put an overlay on the YouTube. Patrick Aducey is a man with great lips and bad takes. <laughs> Andrew has the soothing voice of my great uncle Cranjus. Period. Cranjus <laughs> McBasketball, <laughs> also also known as the Lion of Clark Street, whatever that means. Is that like a play on the Wolf of Wall Street or something? But I don't know. Cranjus McBasketball, that's a crazy name. Anyway, he said five out of five stars. I would recommend this to the <laughs> I would recommend this to the members of my neighborhood watch team. <laughs> First of all, what's a neighborhood watch team? Like I know of a neighborhood watch. A neighborhood watch. Are you like compete? Are you like competing with other neighborhood watch teams? Like, is there like neighborhood watch competitions and games? So anyway, thanks for the five star review. We're gonna let you go with a laugh, Pat. Let's take us out. Thank you so much for listening to episode forty three of the Zuma Sports Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and be sure to check out the links. Where all are posted for the merch as it comes out tomorrow, October 28th at 9 a.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. Be there. <laughs> get your merch. You'll want it. All right. We'll see you guys. Yeah. 10 a.m. Yeah. We'll see you guys.